Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. He's only films to be buried with. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a pinball wizard, and I love films. As the great Jean-Paul Sartre once said, It is only in our decisions that we are important, and I'll always regret choosing Armageddon over Deep Impact. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. If you've never heard the show before, subscribe and check out previous guests including Ricky Gervais, Nish Kumar and Catherine Ryan amongst many other heroes. Also, please follow me on Twitter at Brett Goldstein and on Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein for all kinds of updates, gig lists, live stuff, and other fun shit. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and give it five stars and a nice review for the simple reason that apparently it helps our numbers, it means more people get to hear it, I can keep making it, etc, etc, until we all die or the internet explodes. Anyway, that's the admin. So, for episode 22, we have the brilliant Evelyn Mock. If you don't know Evelyn, she's an excellent stand-up that does my favourite kind of thing. She talks very honestly and candidly about really difficult stuff, but in the most charming and hilarious way. You should go and see her live. We recorded this episode in August, where we were both at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, halfway through doing a month of our stand-up shows. Usual warnings apply. There is some swearing, probably, a few spoilers, and we do touch lightly on dark topics, so feel free to skip any bits that might upset you. But don't be a baby and skip all of it or you'll miss all the stuff about why you need cash money in heaven. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 22 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. I'm Brett Goldstein. I'm joined today by a very special guest. Uh, a very, very funny lady, come all the way from Sweden. She now lives in England. She is a stand-up. She is an actor. She is a writer. She is a hero to us all. Please welcome to the show. It's the brilliant Evelyn Mock. Yay! Yay for me! <laughs> Here she is. Hi, Brett. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm good. Um, we are at the Edinburgh Festival recording this one. I don't know when yeah. it will come out, but currently... How are you feeling? I'm feeling good now. It took me a week to get the structure of it down. Okay. So uh, So you had the stuff, but not in the right order. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, how are you feeling? And now you've found the order. But isn't it annoying now you have the order? Because then you just got to do the same thing every night. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So now I'm like, okay, can I like add jokes or can I add an, an, a bit? I try and add a joke every day. I just If it's just uh, a line or something, just to give it so I have something to... Look forward to? Yeah. <laughs> you... Something to keep me alive. Yeah. Keep it alive so that it isn't like, oh, here we go, I'm doing a play. But do you feel like, do you feel that you just want to get everything else out of the way uh, until you get to that joke? I, it depends on how, how the audience are. If everyone's really into it, then it's an absolute delight, isn't it? And yeah, if they're not, yeah, you're thinking, true. right, let's plough through this and get to Yeah, exactly. See if this new bit works. So I can get a burger. Have you got any bits in your show that are, like, improvised or that give you room to improvise? Yeah, I guess at the start. And then also I have a bit about getting spanked as a kid. Okay. And so I asked the audience um, if they were. But then now I've realized it's too... Too soon? No, exactly. It's too soon. But it's, like, it's too risky because if they're not on board with it from the start, yeah. They're not too, sh- they don't like to share and they just get kind of weird about it. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I should cut that. So yeah, I guess no, I don't, <laughs> I don't have anywhere to improvise. No, I do have a few bits. I have uh, a bit about having a, a sweaty pose. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Where I can improvise a bit. Okay. That's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets hard after having done, I've done nine sort of different ways of doing yeah. the same bit. Yeah. And you go. I'm not sure how many more. Maybe it's infinite. Maybe that's the challenge. Yeah. But equally, you think, I think I've run out of ways of doing that bit. And I have found, even as an audience, when I've watched someone and they go wildly off-piste, as much as I enjoy it, I think, get back to the thing. I've come to see the thing, please. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on a normal night, any other time of the year, I'd be like, yeah, riff away. Yeah, exactly. That shows that you're a good stand-up. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see the album you wrote. Do you know what I mean? That's so interesting. It's like that. Have you seen Talking Funny? Yes. It's like when Jerry Seinfeld said, "With are they coming to see you or are they coming to see the act? Mm. And that makes a lot of sense because I guess in Edinburgh, it is sort of the act. That yeah, because because you, because you everyone comes every year. So it's like they've yeah. seen you. Yeah, they've seen you. Yeah, They yeah. know you. So what, what have you got for us this year? What's yeah. your album? <laughs> What's I guess. your album? If they've never seen you, re- yeah, dance about, do what you like. Yeah. <laughs> but if then repeat comes, it's like, come on, mate, let's hear the, the new stuff. How many albums have you made? Four albums. Four albums. Four albums. <laughs> I'm on the tricky sophomore album. That's uh, tricky second album. Interesting. You have to prove you have something to say. <laughs> like, did she say everything in the first album? Yeah, I probably did, yeah. I feel like no. this is just a, another version of that album. You could, yeah, call, you yeah. could call the show more than the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, great. Because we like that. Uh, anyway, so are you a uh, film guy? Do you like the films? I'm, I'm a film girl. No, uh, I, uh, I, I do watch films, but I, I have terrible taste in film, I think. Great. There's no I wrong answers. really bad taste in film. It's when you don't like a, a great one, I'll get upset. <laughs> It's so funny because I, I, I played a game with uh, my flatmate, Phil Ellis, where mm-hmm. he was like, name any film and I can do a quote from it. And I just named a bunch of rom-coms. Yeah, great. Because <laughs> that's my library. That's your that's thing. That's what I have. Yeah. Have a rom-com. <laughs> just rom-coms. This is perfect. Okay, so there is, there is bad news, sad news. And I probably should have told you when I got here and I'm sorry I left it so late. And it's really bad. I should have told you... Uh, well, but the sad news is you, you've died. You died. 
Oh, no. How did you die? Oh, God. How did I die? Probably like Elvis on the toilet, oh. I would say. <laughs> wow. That's really how I think I would really? go out. Cause I, yeah. Eating a burger on the leg. Yeah, because I'm like, I have terrible <laughs> genes. I have terrible <laughs> genes. Like I have... Shout out to your mom and dad. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, dad. <laughs> and mom. Yeah. Um, but like That's on my dad's side. So my both my parents have diabetes on yeah. their side. Like my uncles have diabetes and my... My dad has diabetes, uh, so I'm very I'm pre-diabetic at the moment because okay. I had um, I gained a bunch of weight and then now I'm losing a, a bunch of weight to try and like I'm gonna get diabetes. It's just a matter of when. Do, so is I'm, that what pre-diabetes means? It's like you, uh, but there's no. It's like you can I be sorry? Is it does it mean you will definitely have it? Well, it no, actually, can uh, I can avoid it. Okay, so I can avoid it if I. I have to get into like a BMI of 21, uh, 25 or something, mm-hmm. I think, to get like to normal weight. Okay. I just did like the quotation marks. Yeah. I just think that I will get it though, because like my dad got it when he was like 45 and my grandfather got it when he was also around that age. Okay. So it's just a matter of when, but I've rushed the um, process because now my dad got I'm 30 now. Mm-hmm. So if I don't change my ways, it'll be like a year or something or like a few years until that happens. So why did you die? Oh, oh yeah. So I think I died because I didn't change my ways or maybe I did change okay. my ways. And then I just like something happened. Maybe I got left by my husband or something. <laughs> so you ate a burger in the toilet. Yeah, exactly. I just started eating a bunch and then I was so sad. It was a combination of being so sad yeah. and being so bad my genes are so bad and being unhealthy that I ate a burger on the toilet and then I died Christ that's really very <laughs> sad and I'm sorry to hear I don't know why your husband left how long had you been married three years three years yeah, yeah. three early, years that is sad yeah and did he ever say why uh I think he just met a younger person oh Jesus yeah or no you know what he turned out to be gay right <laughs> It happens so often. It does, yeah. Well. And uh, if it were a rom-com, yeah. that would be the part the where I, exactly, where I'm like, oh, no, I'm eating a burger on the toilet, but I almost die. And uh, they fix me. And then I change my life. And I'm Catherine Heigl at the end and getting mm. married to a guy that I was like, oh, no, I don't think we match. But because it's real life. I just die. Can we workshop this? Uh, what if yes. you do die at the beginning uh-huh. and the EMT guy who comes in to take your body uh-huh. is really fit and you like him, but you're a ghost now and you oh, see him and you're going, yeah. oh, don't see me on the toilet, don't see me on the toilet. <laughs> you're trying to communicate with <laughs> yeah. And then you follow into the ambulance. No, 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 listen, I'm a good person. I don't normally do this. And, yeah. and then you, it's basically like a more comedic version of ghost and you try oh, to yeah, find yeah, your way yeah. into the thing. And oh, then yeah. you basically inhabit someone's body and then you try to get the EMT to fall in love with you and then... Oh, yeah. But would I have to cause him to die so That's that we can be twist. together? Well, may, well, probably what should happen is it gets to the point where you can't stay in this body oh that's right and yeah, he yeah, yeah. you and him say goodbye and as he yeah. says goodbye he crosses the road gets hit by, hit by a car <laughs> and then he's dead and he goes motherfucker and then you're like yeah. well here we are and then yeah and, and then we find out that oh you know maybe it was just that thing of we couldn't be together like the yeah. romeo juliet thing and then when we are together we're like oh 
he kind of snores and yeah and we've now got forever exactly now we have to be together forever wow that's a lot of pressure this is a big movie i think that's a very good would you point that being together in death is that that, uh, yes that um whenever you get what you didn't want you always want what you can't have how do you feel about death is it something that worries you yeah, I think it's something that worries me if I feel like it were to happen before, uh, like, a natural cycle, you know? Like, okay. if I've been able to live until 85 or something, and I'm like, okay. You're okay with it. Yeah, that's okay. But if it were that I would be... I think I'm most scared of um, if it were to get an, a disease or an illness, okay. I think. That way would be scarier to go. And do you think there's an afterlife? Mm, yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> I needed to fit it us. <laughs> well, the thing is, so Chinese people have something called Taoism or Shintoism, okay. which is kind of like an Asian kind of afterlife belief, which is that you worship your forefathers. So um, it is this thing where, like, your parents die. You create, like, a little shrine for them mm-hmm. in the house and you pray to them and then... You go to the cemetery and you, like, burn effigies for them. And it's like you burn little money, like paper money, right. and you burn them. And that's how you send money to them in the wow. afterlife. So you need just, money in the afterlife. Exactly, yeah. So you just do, like, a little bank transfer via fire. No way. Yeah, to the afterlife. Why don't you so, just set fire to a credit card and chuck it out? I know, right? That would be so much easier. So what's the the idea of the other side? So it's a I think place it, that uses currency. Yeah, I think it's just like here. Right. Of. Yeah, yeah. But like, I've never thought about it. I've never asked my mom actually, but I think it's pretty much just like here. Wow. But you're dead. So... so this is why this film is going to work. I know, right? Yeah. Because I'm going to go to Chinese heaven. And just the EMT and keep starts working. paying money. I yeah, exactly. I'm running out of money. It's um, fascinating. Then no, so there's no like uh, proper employment on the other side of this world that's like our world. I guess so. Or it's like pretty grim because it's Chinese heaven. And if they believe that life is just like it was here, then it's like you just have to go keep going to the factory, keep making iPhones. Christ. Keep like, yeah. Keep doing all of that stuff that you didn't want to do when you wow. died. Or maybe it is just a place of leisure, and that's why right. you have to send money to them. To pay for, like, your, your spa treatments or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nicer... Version of it. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Evelyn, mm-hmm. I have good news. Yay. It's not all bad. Good okay. news. There is a heaven. <gasps> and you know what? You don't even need money there. Oh, that's you great. You don't need it. Because it, everything's free. Everything's Everyone free. Everyone shares. It's lovely. Oh. But they're mm-hmm. obsessed with films up there. They're <gasps> obsessed with it. Okay. And all they want to know is about your life through films. films. Yeah. So the first question now is what is the first film that you remember seeing? Uh, the first film I remember seeing is a Bollywood film called Jungli. It basically means crazy man. Oh, wow. And I actually took the time to write down the, uh, like, um, synopsis for it. I would love to hear it. A humorless and pompous businessman 
goes wild when he falls in love. Now, if only his domineering mother could understand his new lease of life. Um, no spoilers, but that is the same synopsis as my new Edinburgh album. <laughs> <laughs> what is love? <laughs> that is, uh, uh, sounds brilliant. Is it? Yes. What a crazy man. It was, he was very crazy. It was, uh, <laughs> it was starring uh, Shami Kapoor. Which is a, a Bollywood kind of like legend. Yeah, I know. Do you, do you, do you know remember him? watching it? Do you remember, were you at the cinema? Were you at home? How was this? No, so this was, because my mom's, she's she's Chinese, but she was born and raised in India. Oh, wow. Because uh, my great-grandparents emigrated from China to India in the 20s. Right. Apparently, my mom's maternal grandparents went by boat, and my mom's paternal grandparents, they walked. No shit. So it's like, it's so crazy because they, they're from the center of China. Right. And at that time, like, if you were from the south of China, you would just go to Hong Kong and get work. But in the center, they had, like, nowhere to go. So they just started walking and ended up, like, walking through Nepal and, like, just ending up in India. So my mom grew up in India. She was born and raised there. And, uh, like, she's basically, she considers herself Indian. Right. So, um, like, she would just they would get a bunch of Bollywood films sent to them by their relatives in India. So it was on VHS. And, uh, like, we would just, like, watch a bunch of, like, Bollywood films as kids, yeah. How, how many kids are you, may I ask? Oh, it's, so it's me and my brother, but we were very close to our cousins. So okay. we were, like, just, it would be, like, every weekend we would just go to my grandma's house and just sit and watch Bollywood films. Them. Yeah. Is your brother older or younger? He's younger, yeah. Okay. So I'm older. So, and this was with your mum? This was with my mum, yeah. And your grandma? Yeah. And my, or like we, I would just pop it into the TV and watch it as well. So you've it was Crazy Man a lot, yeah. Yeah, it was my favourite film. Because <laughs> wow. he was really funny. Like I remember he was like super funny, Shami Kapoor. And he would sing and dance and like do these like, he kind of, I thought, I always thought of him as like the Indian Elvis. Because he would oh, do wow. the hip uh, dancing and stuff. Do you remember how old you were when you first saw this? I, I was really young, like six something. Have you seen it in, yeah. in recent times? I haven't, no. Yeah. I have to ask my mom if we still have that film. That's great. That's yeah. No one's ever said that on this. Right? <laughs> no one's open with Crazy Man. With Crazy Man. Yeah. So you've seen an awful lot of Bollywood films then, I guess. I have, yeah. And you love them. I do like them, yeah. They're very long. They're very yeah, long. So long. But they're so dramatic. Yeah. And they're lovely. Like, it's such a... They only have one storyline, really, but they cram everything into all of the films. Can like, you sum up the storyline of all Bollywood films? Uh, so, basically, it's a guy who falls in love with a girl, yeah. and she plays a bit hard to get. And then it's always, like, either that they're from different types of social class, so they can't be together. Yeah. Uh, or there's some kind of danger in the way, like uh, the the guy is involved in the mafia or something, and the girl's from like a proper family or the vice versa. And then it's always that it gets like unnecessarily violent. So like usually the guy will always get like shot or something, or there'll be some kind of mobster trying to like hurt them. Uh, and then they're apart yeah. for a really long time. 
and then the guy has to like struggle or they 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 were in love and then they're apart and then the girl's heartbroken and then the guy has to like kind of go through this like hero's journey like this od- odyssey type of thing to get back to the girl in the end uh is it always was it always the guy was it always about a guy rather than about a girl trying to be with a guy or was it yeah evenly matched like as i remember it it was always very much the guy like there was one film called um i can't remember the name but it was with rikti groshan which is like a hollywood actor He's gorgeous, but he has, like, six fingers on one hand. He's very fit. He's very fit with his sixth finger, and he refuses to get it removed because he sees it as good luck. I would, I would, I should coco. Yeah. (laughs) Sixth finger, imagine the things you could do. I know, right? Imagine what you could hold. (laughs) You could hold two cups. At least. Instead of one, yeah. But in his film, it was that... He fell in love with this girl, and mm-hmm. then he died. But then, miraculously, the doppelganger uh, is alive and well, and then he falls in love with that girl also. So, and in that story, it was very much like the girl dealing with her grief and then running into the doppelganger. So that's like the film Meet Joe Black. Oh, yeah, in a way. Yeah, it's- but Meet Joe Black was more, what was it? Meet Joe Black, Death I have a habit. real problem with. Why? Well, because the story of Meet Joe Black, the new one, uh-huh. she, Claire Filani meets Brad Pitt. Uh-huh. They sort of fall in love in, in a day, which I buy him all for that. Yeah. Then he gets hit by a car and yeah. killed. Yeah. In a very shocking scene. Yeah, very and shocking. And then Death gets in his body yeah. and hangs out. Yeah. And Death is sort of childlike. Yeah. But it, it looks like Brad Pitt. Yeah. And then they fall in love yeah. over the course of the film. Yeah. And then, so she's now in love with a different person. Exactly. It's not Brad Pitt. Yeah. Looks like Brad Pitt, but it's now Death. It's a different yeah. person. And then at the very end of the film, Death leaves. Yeah. And Brad Pitt, the old Brad Pitt, comes, comes back. back. Yeah. She's just back in love again. I'm like, but you, that's not him. Exactly. But then the message of the film is, it doesn't really matter who you are. If you look like Brad Pitt, you're going you're gonna to be loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I suppose it's real. <laughs> I'll take it back. It's a brilliant film. It's very wise. It's very accurate for the modern day we live in. <laughs> yeah. So that's a very good uh, first film. What is yeah. the film that made you cry the most? A Walk to Remember. Do you remember? Do you, have you seen that film? Is that with Keanu Reeves? No. A Walk to Remember. Is Rachel Weisz? No. Oh, go on. It's, uh, so there's this author called Nicholas Sparks. Oh, it's a Nicholas Sparks film. Yeah. Okay, that's why it's not ringing all my yeah, bells. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh, it's a, so an author called Nicholas Sparks, and he writes these, like, I think they're teen novels, but they you turn out. Mandy Moore in it. It's Mandy Moore. Thank okay. you. And Shane West. Do you remember Shane, Shane West? Shane West from ER. Yeah, he was in ER. Yeah. So I know we ER. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on. I think, was it Peter O'Toole? Who was the dad of Mandy Moore or something? Could be. So Nicholas Sparks writes these like really sentimental kind of novels, but and I thought they were teen novels, but turned out he's like super religious. Oh. And so all of his films have like a religious undertone to him. Okay. And Mandy Moore, a walk to remember was Mandy Moore was like the preacher's daughter. And they live in the small southern town. And uh, Shane West is like the bad boy of the school. And he has, like, divorced parents, and his dad is, like, not in his life. And so he has, like, all of these mental, like, emotional issues. And Mandy Moore is, like, 
she has to tutor him or something. And, uh, and this is like the one of the first lines when they meet. She's like, yeah, I'll tutor you, hmm? but you have to promise me something, that you won't fall in love with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so cocky. Imagine your tutor said that to you. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was really funny. And then, wow. of course, he falls in love with her and they start dating. But then the twist is, do do we do spoilers in this? Yeah, we, yeah, we've now warned twice. Uh, okay, yeah, cool. We can. So uh, the twist is that Mandy Moore turns out she has leukemia. Oh, that's a horrible twist. I know it's really bad. Yeah. But then her biggest dream is to get married, and so Shane West is so in love with her that even though they've only been going out for like two months, he proposes. Yeah. And then he puts on a wedding ceremony in her garden and she's so ill by this point she can't really walk but like for the wedding she makes it she walks down the aisle and that's a walk to remember i'll never forget that walk yeah i guess my main question is did he learn anything from her tutoring did we get the impression she he picked up any education or was he too busy falling in love yeah he was too busy falling in love he the life he learned the life lessons because he wa- he was going to go become a doctor he didn't want to be one and then he ended up going to medical school and she always said so this was one thing she was like he was like what if you could have one thing in your life like what would it be yeah. before you die and she was like to witness a miracle quite a big ask for going <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. but he's basically like crossed off all of her bucket list for her mm-hmm. with her and then in the end he goes and visits her dad and he's like yeah well the one thing that i wish i could have given her was a miracle and then her dad looks at him and he says you did it was you <laughs> and then after he and i just cried and cried and cried that's Brad. really beautiful <laughs> And he did. He went on to he passed medical school and he joined ER. Yeah, yeah, and he joined ER. Exactly. It's a real miracle. Actually. Was he a nurse in ER though? No, he was a doc. He was a doctor who also uh, was in a rock band and he was conflicted between uh, his rock career and, and being, being an a doctor. ER doctor. So he still was very conflicted. And at one point, Carrie has to say to him, "You need to make a decision, man. You're either a rock star or you're a doctor." What did he decide? And he's at a party and a balcony collapses with people, <gasps> and he saves all these people. And at the end of it, he's like. I'm a fucking doctor. <laughs> this is a miracle. And then he walks home and he goes, I'll always remember this walk as well. I remember a lot of walks thinking about it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Do you like all the Nicholas okay. Sparks films? No, I, I. that was when I was 15 I saw that. Okay. Uh, and then I grew up and I saw Dear John and I was like, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Dear John? The one with Channing Tatum and... Amanda Seyfried? Aren't they Seyfried? often about someone with someone dying? Isn't someone always dying in a Nicholas Sparks? Yes. So someone always dies, which is, what was it? The Notebook was, was the a notebook Nicholas Sparks. The Notebook is Alzheimer's, well. right? It's not she dying, has Alzheimer's, she can't remember, yeah. yeah. And he has to tell the story. Every and then day. every single goddamn day. Yeah. And Dear John, it's that the guy that Amanda Seyfried ends up marrying, his wife died? Mm. And then... Isn't it a friend from the war or something? It is. replaces. Yeah. And then, so she only married that guy because he was dying. And he had a son with special needs. And so she married him so that she could take care of the son with special needs. Right. Yeah. And then I think they get together at the end or something. I can't remember. I think it would be... Banging over the corpse of the... Special needs oh, kids. So dead. Romantic. Yeah. 
Christ. Uh, okay. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. It was funny, as you were explaining, Walk to Remember to me, I was yeah. thinking, is this the film that made you cry the most or the film that scared you the most? Oh. The question is, <laughs> Both. The question yeah. is, what is the film that scared you the most? The next question. The film that scared me the most, I hate horror films. Do you? Yeah, I can't handle, anticip- like, I can't handle tension. Right. So if I... You do comedy. I know, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, yeah. <laughs> You like to be in charge of the tension. Is I that think it? maybe that's okay. it. Yeah. If it's me, I quite enjoy it. Right. But if it's like something that's happening to me, I can't handle it. So I, I really like spoilers. Really? Yeah, I really, I really like spoilers because I, I don't mind them. I just know what's going to happen. And then I, then I can kind of enjoy the film without the tension. <laughs> you are fascinating. <laughs> um, but I think I was thinking of film. Do you know 1408? Yes, uh, the the hotel room, Stephen King. Yeah, John Cusack. John Cusack. He's a writer in the hotel yeah, room, going yeah. nut, nut. And I think is it Morgan Freeman who's the bell, who's the like manager of the hotel. Could be, possibly. That sounds about right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. It's one of the few, but most recent, because I haven't seen Get Out yet. But uh, that was pretty scary. I thought because there's a scene. Mm-hmm. In it, where John Cusack is in the room and he's trying to get help and he's waving to like the, the across the street, the flat across the street. And he sees a man in there and the man's like, oh, I see you. Yeah. And then he turns on the light and it's him. <gasps> I thought that that was really, that freaked me out. That's good, that. Yeah, it was really freaky. And then there, the whole kind of thing is like, he thinks that he got out. Yeah. So all of a sudden he wakes up and he's back in L.A., and he thinks that he got out of the room and he can't really remember what happened. And then as he's about to relax, he's back in the room. So the room tricked him that he had gotten out, but then he's back. So it was really like... I love it. I know, right? It's yeah. like psychological. Yeah. So that's your fear. It's my... Of seeing yourself somewhere. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. Your really doppelganger. My doppelganger. But I, a lot like your uh, Bollywood film. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Crazy Man. No, the one, the one that was oh, about the girl. Oh, yeah. That was and the man dies and then the doppelganger comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, the thing is, like, people always say that they see me somewhere, but I just think it's another Chinese person. They see. 
Like, I know that I'm using this now, but it really affects me in my life. Uh, it's just a genuine thing. Yeah, I've yeah. not seen you anywhere other than when you were there. I think that's good. Thank I think you. You're, you are unique and special. <laughs> my mom. Like, once uh, we were at, like, um, we were at a theme park in, in Sweden, in Gothenburg, and uh, my mom, they apparently my doppel, like, we saw somebody who looked at, like mm-hmm. me. And my, instead of like being like reassuring, my mom just started making fun of me and being like, yeah, you had a twin at birth, but we gave that twin up. So <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Maybe that's where it Maybe comes she from. meant it and was like, I'll say it casually and then I have said it. Yeah, exactly. She's like, what? I She's was, a I comedian. Was a She'll think I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the film mm-hmm. that you loved? in the past mm-hmm. and you've watched it recently and you're like oh my days this does not hold up garden state good answer have you james a custer has has said that too but really there yeah there's no crime in agreeing with james a custer he is somebody i'm happy to agree with please go on what is your it, thoughts on garden state so i think i saw it when i was like 17 or 18 and i was really like that was also when zach zach braff was like Mm. the king yeah and i was like oh what a amazing thing because i wasn't mature enough to see all the flaws of it yeah because it was pretty textbook film i think um and i just thought oh what a good coming of age thing yeah i thought natalie portman was so charming and then i saw it again when i was like 25 and i was like this is so bad (laughs) it was just so self-indulgent and it was like natalie portman was the worst manic pixie Dream yeah, girl. dream girl in it, and I just thought that it was like just kind of over, like labored and how or over like what's it called? I just I I didn't believe it when right. I saw it as a twenty five year old. I think there's some lovely stuff in it. I think I yeah. particularly think the scene where they're on ecstasy is a great uh, ecstasy yeah. scene. Yeah, I like an ecstasy scene. I've never I been think on that's ex- in the top five. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's legit. I do like the scene where he, she makes him a shirt and it's the same as the tapestry. Yeah. It's a funny, small scene. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I don't know, I just... I also think it's, uh, it's unfo- I'm just defending it a little bit in that I think it's uh, one of those films that's slightly dated because lots of other films emulated it and stole from it. And oh. I think it's sort of set a thing that a lot of other films, so then it became kind of cliched and... Do you know what I mean? I think when it was out, it was like, oh, like when you say, when you say it's like all those things. Yeah. It is. But I think it was one of the earlier ones. So I think that's partly why it hasn't aged well because we go, oh yeah, we've seen this. Oh, really? I could be wrong. But I think, I think we were all impressed with it in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's kind of cliched and I could be wrong, but that is sort of a, I'm just defending it. And I do like Zach Braff. Yeah, I think he he made another film with Jim Parsons, I think. Wish I Was Here. Wish I Was Here, Mm. which I haven't seen, which I kind of want to see. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, maybe you're right. Hmm. It's like uh, Blair Witch or something, isn't it? Yeah. It was this thing that was amazing, but then everyone stole from it, and you go, more found footage stuff. And you go, hang on, that was really amazing once. That was forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, What is the film that people don't like mostly people go this is a terrible film and you're like i fucking love it <laughs> nothing you could say to me it will change my mind i was thinking about it i think the mummy 
I quite like The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Oh, that's a great film, is it? It is. Maybe it is. I couldn't think of one for this one. I think that's one that people... I really think like? I think we're all agreed that The Mummy is really good, that one. Yeah, really okay. Good. Yeah, but you can have it. It's a great film. It's a really good film. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't think of one for this one. That's um, the answer to what's the greatest film of all time. Yeah, exactly. What's the greatest film? Um, what was it? Uh, maybe, in that case, one of the rom-coms that I really like. There's one called 27 Dresses. That's pretty fun. You can, you can have that. Oh, no. Actually, I do know what I like. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. what. It's the one with uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter and Jennifer Goodwin and a guy, something, and John Krasinski. It's a rom-com. I can't remember what it's called. Like, should I look it up? Uh, John Krasinski. What happens in it? It's so it's Jennifer Jennifer Goodwin. She's yeah. in law school, and uh, she has this male friend who's like he looks like a young Tom Cruise, and they're really good friends. And like everybody's like, oh, like you guys, like there's something there. And she's kind of a nerd. And then she has a best friend who's Goldie Hawn's daughter, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, who's um like this really gorgeous kind of like. Uh, like big personality girl, and then uh, she come she comes and joins them one night, and then uh, sort of automatically end up hooking up with her friend, and he hooks up with her because he thinks that there's no chance between Jennifer Goodwin and him. Which I'm like, come on, dude! If you like a girl, you know you don't hook up with her best friend. Yeah. And so it's just like a something few borrowed. Later. Something borrowed, exactly. So is really the thing like that's that borrowed. Kate Hudson, I don't understand. What's the something borrowed? I think the something borrowed is the dude, probably. Because basically he ends up going out with Kate Hudson for five years and then they are planning to get married or planning to move in together. But then the kind of attraction between Jennifer Goodwin and him is too strong, so they end up having an affair. And uh, that kind of breaks up the friendship with Kate Hudson. Mm. But then Kate Hudson ended up sleeping with his friend, and then John Krasinski is kind of left alone uh, out in the cold and he moves to London. So she ends up, basically, a female friendship ends because of a guy. And that's how it ends. They don't, the fr- they don't get back together, the female friends. No, they don't. They see each other on the street and they say hi to each other. Oh, Jesus. But they don't, I don't think they end up becoming friends again. This is a heavy film. It's a, it's a pretty heavy film for a rom-com yeah. and a pretty terrible message. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I like, like a it. tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you can have that one. Thank you. Uh, that could be my worst film. <laughs> what's the film that you relate to the most? Oh. It could be the character, it could be the film itself, where you go, that's me, that is. I really, like, the thing is, I love Tina Fey. Great. And I relate to Liz Lemon so much. Okay. But because she's not a film character. She's not a film, but she is really great. She, she's... I think she's, yeah, I relate to Liz Lemon so much. Right. But I think probably film-wise, in that case, it would have to be Mean Girls. I probably relate to Liz Le- um, Tina Fey's character. In the, the teacher. Which in is the, the teacher, yeah. Which is like, she just doesn't have her life together. <laughs> but she kind of means well, and she's she wants to teach all the girls about, like, feminism and stuff. I, I fucking love Mean Girls. It's great, isn't it? It's so good. I really want to see the musical. Yeah, me too. Let's go see it. Yeah. So you you relate to the teacher in Mean Girls. Yeah. Who gets like a, spills something on her t-shirt early on. Yeah, and has and to, has take, to it take it off. And then has to take it off in front of the boy one. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then gets caught, or she gets caught in the t-shirt. Yeah. And she can't get it off. And he's also the the writer of the whole film. Yeah. The secret engineer of the whole exactly. film. That's exactly. That's you. The secret. Engineer. Engineer of a thing, yeah. Um, what is the film mm-hmm. that means the most to you? Not because of the film itself. Film might be shit. Film might be average. But because of what happened when you saw it, the experience of the film, okay. the time you spent with that film. Uh, it's called The Nostril Picker. And it was the film I saw the Go night. on. It's a, it's a terrible 80s slashers film. Okay. About, I think, even a student film because it's so bad. It's about a man who, when he picks his nostril, he can turn into whomever. So he just starts to murder college girls and picks his nostril and turns into the person he murdered. And then he goes on and murders their friends. And that's sort of the film. But when he turns into them, aren't they already dead? Isn't he turning into a corpse? Or as in he becomes like a doppelganger of the he, dead He girl. becomes a doppelganger okay. of the dead girl. Yeah, why would he turn into the corpse? Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> trying to follow the plot. <laughs> no, he, he turns into the doppelganger and just pretends to be them. And then he goes and kills their friends. Wow. Yeah. What's his, what's it, why, why? Oh. What's his, what's his motive? I can't remember. Just something to do. Yeah, I think so. He was just like a guy. He was was he a janitor? Can't remember because that's the night I lost my virginity. Oh, that, that is such a good answer. So uh, <laughs> no one saw that coming. That's why I can't remember. <laughs> so please tell me you lost your virginity to the nostril. <laughs> exactly. As it was on, we probably started doing stuff and then just shut it. You know. Were you in a in a university or something? Or no, it was in Streatham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was right because I lost my virginity when I was uh, 25, and I moved over here when I was 24. Okay. Did you not see my show last year, Brett? That I was my first album. <laughs> I've seen lots and lots of your sets, but I've not seen your first album, which is a shame. But that's why when I come and see more of the same, this yeah, year, exactly. Like, oh, well, this is great. And yeah, going, exactly. That was exactly the same. <laughs> and basically, I have you going twenty five. I was yeah. yeah. And basically, I have one joke in this year's show. Yeah, where I summarize basically the whole show from last year. <laughs> so. Should we hear that now? For those of us, catching yeah. Up? yeah. Do you wanna? If you're not okay. uncomfortable doing it. So I say basically, I say that what I lost my virginity at twenty five and. When I say that, people get uncomfortable because it's not of the norm. Yeah. And so they often, like, ask me if it was, like, a choice or if it was religious. And to a certain extent, it was religious in that I blame God. <laughs> That's, very good. That's very funny. Thank I, you, I'd like Rhett. to have seen that <laughs> spread out over an hour. Uh, <laughs> So you were 25. So oh, can yeah. I ask a couple of questions about yeah. this? And if any of these are uncomfortable, or, no, or yeah. you do, so were you, was it like planned tonight's the night? Was it like, well, no, it sort of happened slowly. It was just sort of in the air, I think, because right. we'd spent a few nights together without anything happening. Right. And then, um, it was kind of in the air. So I was like, I think it'll probably happen soon. Because I remember I was like, oh, I hope it happens before I turn 25. Right. Because uh, it happened three days after I turned 30, 25. Damn it. I know, right? Yeah. Because I was like, I Tina Fey lost her virginity at 24. Oh, really? 
Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like it's good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! That's so funny. So, uh, but it happened like three days or something after I, I turned uh, 25. Was it great? No, it was, was terrible. It right. <laughs> like at one point, um, I mean, all first times are bad. Like he was yeah. fine. He was he was nice and you know he was good and stuff. But like, but you know, like the experience of losing because it was ma- ma- mainly the thing of like experiencing it. That's a lot of build up as well. It is, yeah. So it was like I was like I was too much in my head about yeah. it. And then, like, I lived in a flat chair, so I couldn't, like, he was so into it. It was almost like, I was like, I don't need to be here. Like, you're really into this. And then it was just kind of like, I started hearing. So I was just kind of, my mind was wandering. Yeah. And I was, like, kind of amused by how ridiculous the situation was in a way. Like, yeah. he was really into it. And I was like, what's going on? Like, and then at one point I started hearing like my flatmate in the kitchen just mm. singing and cooking his food. Yeah. And I just started laughing and that put the guy off. Like he was like, I mean, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, sorry. Oh my God. I mean, there's nothing worse than laughing. Yeah. Especially when he's really into it. He's, he's I'm having the so time of my life it. and then you yeah. laugh. Oh dear. Yeah. Did he get back into it? It seemed like he, he did. Yeah. It. Oh, he did. That's good. He got back into it and I, I made an effort. <laughs> Oh, should probably put some effort in now. I've laughed at him. Uh, okay. Well, that's nice. So, I guess the real question on everyone's lips is: uh-huh. Do you know what happens at the end of nostril picker? I can't remember. I think when you finished the first sex, did yeah. you go? Right, should we put that back on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't. No, I don't think we did that. Uh, I can't remember actually. No. Okay. I don't know what happened. I that's, should watch it. That's a special movie. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. What is the film you can watch the most over and over again and have watched the most? Lars and the Real Girl. Holy shit. I love that film. Do you like it? I think that that film is amazing. It's so amazing, isn't it? John Dreaver, who I made Superbob with, it's one of his favourite films, and we used it as like a touchstone when we were writing Superbob. Oh, really? But... I find it so, it makes me cry. So I find it quite yeah. emotionally painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can only watch it. I've only seen it twice because it, I find it too affecting. Really? But I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely yeah. brilliant, but it sort of hurts my heart. Oh, it does, it does hurt me. It hurt my heart as well. But I, at one point, I think I was quite sad at that time. I just had it on repeat. Right. I just watched it because it, it's so beautiful. And like Emily Mortimer in it yeah. is brilliant. Like, she's so, so good in it. Yeah. That's probably one of my favourite films of all time. Like That's a great show. Lars and the Real Girl. And I think that it's so poignant. Mm. And it's, like, it's so beautifully... Because you really do see what he's going through. Like, his character's yeah. kind of mental journey. Um, so I think it's so... It's just beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's also film. because it's a film about people being nice to each other yeah. that's you know it's all this yeah, set up yeah, when you're yeah. like oh set up to be like laughing at this man yeah. basically if you haven't seen it, it's about a guy who starts dating a sex doll basically yeah yeah and it's set up like it's going to be ridiculing him and stupid but yeah but they, they all decide come together as a community to support him pretend to play along with him until yeah. he's better yeah it's very beautiful it's so beautiful yeah and then like yeah at the end when he uh yeah, I won't spoil this one actually. Yeah, but it's if you've really not seen beautiful. it, you should see yeah, it. You should see it. It's also the man who made I Tonya. 
Is it? Sad. Yeah. I saw it, Tonya. It was really, really good. Really good. Such a good take on a biopic. And so different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remarkably different. And film. funny. Funny. I tell you, it's really funny. Really funny, yeah. Dark. So and dark. so dark. Um, great answer. Lovely answer. Really, really enjoy that one. So sad. You can watch it over and over again. Yeah. Again, I... I well, I think it's because I... It's weird. I've gone through, like... I've had a few years now, I think basically my 20s, if I'm honest, yeah. where I've been very sad. I think I haven't been diagnosed with depre- depression, but it's probably something like that and related to just a bunch of stuff that's happened and stuff. Right. So I think that maybe I'm just super connected with my emotions and I can I can just kind of... <laughs> like live in that space. Yeah. Do, you li- do you think you like, as in that feeling of being sad, like the feeling of Lazarus, do you like? Is it like a comfort to be in that sadness? It's cathartic. Yeah. I think because sometimes it's just nice to watch something and then cry a yeah. little bit and then you feel better after you've let that out because I think sometimes in your life like you will be stressed and you will feel these feelings but you you maybe don't know how to let them out and like watching a film or like listening to some music or some, or reading something yeah. it's such a nice catharsis for that. Yeah. Um so I think that I, I definitely do that, at least. So yeah. that's quite a nice way of just kind of dealing with feelings. So you do, yeah, that's what, I mean, that is absolutely what I do. But yeah. do you, but also, I, it's because I'm not sure I do it so well in life. Do you do oh, yeah. you? I sort of save it for films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I just save it for films. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get better with it. I started seeing a therapist last yeah. year. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a revelation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone should do it. Like, Everyone really should. It's just like going to the gym. Yeah, it Real really mad. is. She was kind of talking and stuff and kind of accurately, I think, pointed out that I have some issues with being vulnerable in front of people and stuff. Right. And and it actually, I found that it affected my comedy quite a lot because I couldn't, I always felt attacked on stage. I didn't yeah. want people to see me, which was, um, so it got to a point where I was like, oh, I think I need to sort this out Yeah. see what this is about. How is that coming along? It's good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. I understand that. It's good. It, I, think, I, I think what's really particularly difficult about Sam, it took me a long time yeah. to learn this. And it's still hard. And sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I'm not. But it's like to do it well, yeah. you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable. Yeah. But it's scary. It's like... Stand up's this weird thing where you also have to be sort of confident and powerful, mm. but also vulnerable. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's shit. Yeah, exactly. And it's difficult yeah. if you have an audience that aren't very, that are difficult and aggressive. Yeah. It's very hard to be vulnerable it's with that audience. So hard, yeah. Very hard. And yet, if you do it, it will probably get them on site. Yeah. Because they go, yeah. oh, this is real. Yeah. Rather than, oh, here's a man shouting at us. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, that's the constant struggle, isn't it? I think. It is, and it's also this thing of, like, because you have to face yourself in that moment as yeah. well. Because it is this thing that where you say it's, like, it's this thing of, like, no, show no weakness to this audience. Yeah. Don't let them get you. But then at the same time, it's, like, well, you know, just talk to them as people, and then we can probably get along. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's 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 a mind fuck. <laughs> it's a real mind fuck. Yeah. Because it's such a strange, particularly in Edinburgh, I always think it's so, it's so fragile, this yeah. thing of, like, 
you're at a show, but really, we're all just people in a box. <laughs> people in a box. I'm like two foot away from you and I'm holding a mic, but we are just, I'm literally just, we're just arguably having a conversation where I'm doing most of the talking and like... People in a box. To keep that veneer of like, it's a show and this is a performance. It's like, yeah. we're just people in a box together. What are we even pretending? That's so funny. Yeah. Are you in one of the containers? I'm not in a container, but, <laughs> but I do, I'm in a, I'm in a intimate boxy room. <laughs> I'm in a room where the audience are on three sides, so they're very close. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, what are we doing? I'm just... <laughs> so funny. You know, I don't technically need a mic, I don't think. Yeah. We're just chatting. Yeah. But I'd appreciate it if you don't talk back. <laughs> uh, what is the f- uh, film that you found the sexiest, other than The Nostril Picker? Yeah, that gave me a boner. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it, like, mm. a film that I, I had... So The Little Mermaid, because it was one of the things you pointed out there. But yeah. I do think because I, I had a crush on Flounder. Now, that is interesting. It, I yeah. loved Flounder and I have a Flounder doll and that do might you? have been trouble. But I had when I, <laughs> I had. I mean, obviously, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Shut up, what? <laughs> Flounder I was... I like Flounder. Go on. He was so sweet. He was just because he was so helpful and supported Ariel. So I quite, I quite liked Flounder. Yeah. That's what you wanted. That's what we thought was sexy with someone who was helpful and supportive. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I think this therapy's really working. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I've dated terrible people. But like, <laughs> I've dated Ursula, yeah. but not Flounder. I'm looking for no, Flounder. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. So you had little, little uh, troubling feelings for Flounder. Yeah. I thought he was so sweet. Yeah. Um, just like the cuddle. Which is weird because it's like a cartoon fish. <laughs> yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. I thought Flounder was really sweet. Great answer. Thank you. <laughs> there is a subcategory in this question, which is troubling boners, worrying why don'ts, but oh yeah, which are things that aroused you in a film that perhaps you thought, oh, that's wrong. I shouldn't have. But if your opening gambit is Flounder. <laughs> Tonight. That's pretty wrong. I don't know if we want to go. That's so funny. Founder. I mean, he gave me an emotional boner, yeah. I guess. What? I, I have thought of it. I don't an know. An emoti boner. Emoti boner. Emoti carne boner. <laughs> okay, we'll do this one because I don't like don't like to be negative. We're going to be very briefly negative. Okay. What's the worst? What do you think is the worst film you ever saw? The Nostril Picker. Okay. <laughs> God, that, but that film has so much weight behind it. it, it also, the worst yeah. sex you ever had. I mean, it's just yeah, too much. The worst sex. Um, no, let me think. I've seen some bad films. I mean, you know those TV movies. Yeah. That are around. I thought that like what my daughter needs two lungs. Yeah, exactly. Sort of I sold yeah. my daughter for a, for a liver. Yeah, exactly. Those are pretty bad. Mm. Uh, I couldn't come up with the worst. I, I just said the nostril picker here, just as because I was like, that's the joke. But that's a totally legit answer. It does sound it like is, a yeah. film. What do you think is the greatest film of all time? Objectively, oh. aliens come, they say, what is cinema? Oh, the greatest film. Yeah, that might not be your favourite. You just go, that is the fucking best film ever made, the greatest one. It's like, that is just a piece of art. That's proper cinema, that. The thing is, I haven't seen the classics. That's I haven't okay. seen Citizen Kane and all those. Absolutely fine. So I'll probably say, like, Lord of the Rings are, are one of the masterpieces. Okay. What is that 
face. What does that mean? What does that face mean? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't. No. Remember. What does that face mean? It was so animated. <laughs> Listen, it won Lord of the Rings three. Won Best Picture. You hate Lord of the Rings, do you? Uh, I, 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 I wish it well. What about if I say the Dark Knight Rises? I love the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Brokeback Mountain is quite beautiful. It's a beautiful film. I yeah, love it. That's a beautiful film. Can I we see. take that instead? Yeah, sure. Okay. I'll do Brokeback, Brokeback Mountain. Mountain. Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger making out. Oh, yes, good. please. Yeah, that gave me a boner. There you go. Yeah, that's a sexy film. That's that's totally, that's normal. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, okay, here's your, here's your biggie. Okay. What film made you laugh the most? What do you think is the funniest film? I really enjoyed Spinal Tap when I saw it for the first time. Correct. Any any Taika Waititi film. Lovely. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I really liked um, Eagle vs. Shark when I saw it. Yeah. And Boy was really funny. Um, I didn't enjoy The Wilderness People as much. Hunt for the Wildy People. Yeah. Mm. I didn't enjoy it as much. Okay. Do I don't you know, know why. why. Oh, you don't. I felt like... I just felt like it wasn't as strong, or it wasn't as interesting to me. Okay. I thought the characters were not as interesting. <laughs> well, I dare say that. You couldn't dare say it. I think an awful lot of people love that film, and, and, yeah. and there's enough love for it that yeah. you can be a nice it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite film? My favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it yet. I... You're like, uh, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. What? He said that? No, you know that he, when he did his Oscar speech, he was like, people ask me who my hero is, and I say, I, don't, I haven't met him yet. It's, it's me in five years. And Ew! <laughs> You're the Matthew McConaughey film, Jesus. So you mean that I'm going to make my You're own You're going to make film. your favourite film one day, and I think that's great. That is that's very really funny. <laughs> I think it's more that, like, if you ask me my favourite sitcom, it's like 30 Rock. Hands right. down. Right. It's probably because I, I, I'm bad at films. I'm terrible at watching films. What do you mean terrible at watching them? <laughs> I just have a complex about film, I think. What's uh, the complex? Because I feel like everybody I know is really good at, at like, at just consuming film and yeah. music and stuff. And, I'm, and books and I'm, I'm so, uh, I just really like the rom-coms. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's absolutely great. There's zero crime in that. So look, yeah, you've been wonderful. I really appreciate Thank you being you, here. Thank you, Brett. H- however, uh-huh. when you died on the <gasps> toilet, with yes. your burger with still in the burger, and we tried to get your body in the coffin, but yeah. you you'd eaten so many burgers yeah. that day, yeah, <laughs> you were actually larger than we'd planned for, and we're stuffing you in the coffin, uh-huh. and there was only room uh-huh. left in the coffin because it's just crammed, yeah for one DVD for you to take to the other oh, side. Oh, dear. And on the other side, there's movie night, and one night it will be your Aww. night to present a film. What's the film you're going to take with you? Probably Lars and the Real Girl. I'd probably take that. That's a beautiful answer. It's a good film to show heaven. Oh, people, I mean, people will love you up there. That uh, When you show them that, you'll probably win. In Chinese heaven. <laughs> In Chinese heaven. No need for money. No. Just Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, you say you're bad at film. That's <laughs> such a good one. It's a good film. You've done excellent. Thank you. Um, 
Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I know you're a busy me. person and it was good to have you. It was fascinating and funny and great. <laughs> and you probably need to get ready for your show now. Oh, yeah. I what hope time? that it goes very, very well. I hope your show goes well tonight as well. Thank you very much. And um, I'll see you. Soon. Soon. Bye. Very soon. Goodbye. Thank you. So that was episode 22. Thank you so much to Evelyn Mock for coming on the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the artwork. Please come back next week for more films to be buried with for a real brain-exploding episode with the excellent mind that is Dane Baptiste. But in the meantime, have a good week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.